Hello and welcome to this GCP short produced in partnership with TMF Group and all about where unexpected challenges may occur when running a global program and some of the solutions. Joining me for the next 18 minutes are Karen Jenner, IPT Client Engagement Director and Christophe Boudet, IPT Quote Content Director and they will run through several scenarios and examples of challenges that can be encountered on international programs and how they can be overcome or dealt with. If you would like more information on TMF Group and their captive services, do visit captiveintelligence.io, our website, and visit their friend of the podcast page. There is also a link in the episode show notes. But for now, let's join Christoph and Karen. So Karen, let's start off then. What would you define as a challenge on a global program from an IPT compliance perspective? Yeah, sure. Uh, But just before we start, let's just remind listeners that when we're talking about IPT or insurance premium tax, we're using this terminology to cover the range of transactional taxes that may apply to insurance premiums or contracts, just to get that into, um, into context. So to answer your question, in territories where legislation or market practice around IPT is clear and developed, compliance is relatively straightforward. We've talked in podcasts before about how compliance requirements can change depending on where the policy is written and what the coverage basis is. Um, By coverage basis, I mean if we're writing admitted policies, freedom of services, using financial interest clauses, etc., And also, of course, um, the line of business or class of insurance in question um, is key. I'm sure that we all understand, for example, additional parafiscals arise on insured physical property, uh, usually for the likes of fire brigade charges or local natural perils or terrorism pools. So the challenges we see in general, they tend to arise either where there isn't local clarity or sometimes where there just isn't even the local knowledge in how to treat a particular insurance contract from an IPT perspective. This could be as a result of maybe a new insurance product or a line of insurance where the coverage isn't generally provided from outside of the territory where the risk is located. Quite often, IPT legislation can be dated, um, and in some cases, to an extent, it can predate global insurance policies, especially for some of the non-traditional or non-PNC lines of business that now are more commonly placed on a global basis. I mean, if we look back to the early 2000s, DNO insurance, for example, and other financial program, financial lines programs um, were written entirely on a non-admitted basis. And at that point in time, not every jurisdiction around the world uh, would have a local DNO coverage or have a true understanding of the specific coverage involved. We also see challenges uh, with, for example, the use of uh, non-admitted insurance, even where local market practice or legislation permits a policy to be written from overseas. Often those responsible for insuring local compliance from an IPT perspective may not have a true grasp of either the complexities, the requirements, the processes, or even the actual responsibilities and workloads that are are involved. I mean, those are really where we see the challenges. Thanks, Karen. Yeah, good good starting point. So let's uh, get to some specific examples then, Christoph, of when, you know, a territory or a particular cover, as Karen touched upon there, might not kind of fit into uh, a global program and, and what are the considerations when that occurs regarding IPT? Firstly, there, let's start by talking about the example of when a territory doesn't fit. The complexity and challenges around the use of non-limited insurance, which uh, will also include uh, any difference in condition and difference in limits uh, coverage, can increase depending on the domicile of the captives or insurer uh, itself. There are obviously the regulatory issues to consider for which 
we are not qualified to, to comment, but non-admitted insurance doesn't necessarily mean taxes on insurance policies or premiums can or cannot consistently be, uh, be settled. Responsibility often moves away from the captives or the insurer to the local policyholders in this case. And the processes and requirements, uh, they change depending on the territory. In fact, many of the queries uh, that we receive around the compliance for non-admitted risk, they come not just from captives and insurers, but equally from uh, brokers uh, and corporate policyholders. Buyers of global insurance uh, tend to be larger and more sophisticated companies and therefore when ended uh, responsibility for the use of non-admitted insurance, they should have an understanding of the knowledge, the ability and resourcing capabilities of their local businesses to make uh, any necessary filings and payment to the relevant uh, authorities and uh, therefore to ensure compliance. A captive can benefit from this knowledge uh, and factor it into their bespoke program design, uh, driving the structure and use of non-admitted coverage versus uh, locally sourced uh, policies, depending on the business appetites and capabilities. In contrast, uh, in a commercial placement, the larger insurance will base a program design to an extent uh, around their own network and global capabilities, which, uh, which in turn may drive where non-admitted insurance is proposed. Uh, a captive can also benefit from understanding its own resource and appetite for managing uh, compliance. Uh, although, for example, a captive based in the EU is, uh, is able to, to register to file uh, and settle taxes in Spain for risk that are located in this territory, its capability and ability to do so will be key in its decision to write uh, directly in, uh, into this uh, territory. This could be further impacted by the line of business or insurance product. Uh, for instance, there are complexities around the calculation application of, uh, of the consortium and other parafiscal charges on property risk uh, need to be taken into consideration uh, as to whether practically the compliance piece is manageable for, uh, for the captive. For some non-admitted territories, uh, the local policyholder may be subject to straightforward taxes such as uh, uh, GST, uh, GST or VAT, simple sales tax that uh, the local entity is both familiar with and possibly responsible for, for more widely uh, on, on a regular basis. In the US, the local insured would be responsible for self-procurement taxes, which can differ uh, depending on the state where the, uh, the risk is located. Equally, in Canada, the local insured will be responsible for registering and filing taxes in uh, every uh, province where risk is located. The additional complexity in Canada arises uh, from the need in some states, some provinces, to involve a so-called uh, special broker in filing uh, at provincial level alongside the local uh, uh, insured uh, requirement uh, to handle any uh, taxes that are due at federal level. Once again, here a captive can benefit from its knowledge and understanding of uh, group structure and footprint to assess uh, whether non-admitted insurance is something uh, the local operations uh, are able to manage in any global uh, insurance placement. Yeah, more recently, uh, we're seeing inquiries on programs written outside of Europe where coverage includes the EU. So although EU insurers benefit from the ability to write on a freedom of service basis, um, the ability to write non-admitted insurance is definitely not consistent within the region, which means that any coverage from a global place placement written outside of Europe can lead to complexity. 
We also do sometimes see as well that global programs placed outside of the EU tend to consider the region as one rather the nuances of each territory on an individual basis, which obviously is important. So let's let's take the example of uh, DNO placements. They're recently being increasingly written out of, say, Bermuda in the US and covering the EU. I think this is mainly as a consequence of increased premiums in Europe for financial lines. So stateside insurers are obviously familiar with US tax and compliance requirements. Bermuda insurers also, if they're writing surplus lines business into the US, they can expect the local broker to handle any IPT compliance. And they will also be more familiar with the self-procurement taxes on a policy covering US risk, which would fall to the local policyholder. But finding compliance solutions for such placements covering risk in Europe is, is a different ballgame for these insurers. And there are solutions, um, but they're neither consistent nor available across all EU jurisdictions or EEA jurisdictions. And there's sort of no blanket solution for policyholders who have EU risk insured from outside the region. More generally, Southern Europe is a closed shop for non-emitted business. In Southern Europe, we're sort of referring mainly to Italy, Spain, Portugal and Greece. Um, there are, however, other territories where there are compliance solutions which again can vary depending on the location of the risk and also the location of the insurer or the captive. So we often find working with such problem programs, we're only able to partially assist with a solution. Again, ultimately it depends where the risks are located and also the appropriate use of non-emitted insurance um, to handle such challenges. Um, depending on the territory concerned and where the program was written is key to understanding the potential responsible party who's able to report and settle the taxes. In the UK, for example, uh, it's very straightforward. HMRC will happily accept IPT settlement from insurers regardless of where they are based. I'm speaking to the uh, UK here, obviously no longer part of the EU EEA, but from a regional perspective, it's alongside Europe. There are also territories in the EU where a local broker can provide a compliance solution. The Netherlands is a great example where there are several scenarios and potential taxpayers uh, for IPT, um, one of those being a local broker or a cover holder. Uh, who can file Dutch IPT. It's also possible that the broker um, takes responsibility in Germany, but here it is more likely that the filing obligations will fall to the policyholder, who normally need to be prepared to obtain a tax ID and file the return within 15 days at the end of the month in which they pay the premium. Um, so particular nuances in, in, in that territory there. Um, we are also currently in ongoing discussions with the tax authorities in both Belgium and France. Uh, I know Christophe has been quite key in some of these conversations around registering cover holders or MGAs to file IPT on parafiscals on behalf of insurers. This seems to be a viable option where the insurer is based elsewhere in the EU EEA, but not where non-admitted is, uh, insurance is written from outside of the region. We, we've seen a large increase in, in cover holder business recently, helping uh, cover holders sort of collate, collate and prepare the data to enable the end insurer to report and settle the taxes. And again, with cover holder business, as we're saying, it's not a blanket solution uh, across Europe. So finally, there's also the option of an overseas insurer appointing a formal joint and severally liable fiscal representative uh, to be appointed to file returns and facilitate payment of IPT. Netherlands and Denmark are examples of EU jurisdictions which permit this appointment. This solution, however, can be quite costly for a captive due to the joint liability piece, and there may be also be some security or collateralisation required. Often for non-admitted insurance, the premiums and subsequent taxes may be low, and therefore the cost of compliance can outweigh the actual tax amounts due.
really good uh, rundown of, of of all those different examples. And it really, whenever you guys come on the pod, that you really do outline the complex nature of being compliant on these programs and kind of the uh, you know issues and challenges for captives, uh, particularly when they're direct writing on these programs. Let's, let's talk a little bit more about kind of particular products or, or particular classes of, in, of insurance, uh, Christoph. Can you give us a bit more detail of how that breaks down? Uh, yes, so from from an EU uh, EA uh, perspective, yeah, we we have uh, the 18 defined main classes of insurance or non-life insurance, and uh, most new and even more innovative insurance program will often cover uh, several of these classes. So let's take yeah, uh, the example of cyber. It is normally a liability insurance, but it can include uh, elements of business interruption uh, and even property where the physical servers uh, are covered. Uh, space risk, as another example, uh, are equally uh, diverse, covering uh, the satellite itself, for instance, and defining the risk location here will be the, the more interesting consideration. But it can also include uh, launch risk and also uh, third-party liability risk uh, whilst in orbit or re-entering uh, the atmosphere. So you see quite uh, specific other uh, risk. To give another example, yeah, it would be interesting to see how the regulation of insurance for driverless cars will uh, will evolve and uh, the IPT challenges that may probably well uh, follow. If we go back to uh, to DNO, we can recall this not being a cover uh, offered everywhere around the world in the early uh, 2000s. But for calculating IPT, financial lines coverage tend to fall within uh, the liability uh, bucket with usually some uh, straightforward uh, uh, default IPT uh, rates. Uh, so occasionally, although new lines of insurance products can pose challenges regarding how they are treated from an IPT perspective, they are generally uh, easily uh, resolved. Another challenge we have seen is on compulsory uh, lines of insurance. Historically, uh, they have been mostly uh, written on a, on a domestic basis, uh, on the domestic market. This has usually been the case uh, due, uh, for instance, to needing to be in line, in fact, with local uh, statutory uh, requirements. For example, uh, you know, uh, unlimited liability requirements in certain territory for bodily injury. It's the case for motor and uh, liability in the UK. Airside liability for motor uh, in uh, uh, in some jurisdiction. We also have public liability, for instance, in uh, in Belgium, when you have the obligation to have an insurance when you uh, cover a property that is open to the to the public however we have seen in more uh, recent years uh, some global placement including not just uh, contingent or motor covers but uh, primary layers uh, coverage there have been a, a, an increase in the numbers of, of insurers uh, set up to uh, to handle comprehensive including a third party liability motor insurance across across Europe across the the EU and the EA or as well as other uh, region uh, regions around the world. Although not truly captive insurers, uh, they could maybe considered a relative, uh, a relative of the captive in that sense that uh, they only insured vehicles, uh, uh, vehicles owned, leased or sold uh, by the parent company. Uh, 
these more regulated compulsory lines uh, very often have more complex IPT regime associated with. IPT on motor or worker compensation, for example, have additional or higher levels of taxation designed to fund a specific pool such as compensation pool and often interact closely with the local insurance uh, regulation, meaning a more bespoke approach is needed to meet all the local uh, requirements. Uh, knowledge required uh, to write this business cross-border is obviously key uh, in the success of such uh, programs. And generally, we see to date such rank being uh, regional as opposed to really, uh, truly uh, global programs. Yeah, really interesting. I mean, some of, some of those examples really do highlight the complexity, particularly the things like the space, you know, satellites and yeah. uh, and, and entrance and exit from orbit. And I think that's obviously an area that hopefully the insurance can grapple with even better in the future because we're going to only see more of that activity. Christoph, to wrap it up then, you, you kind of touched upon some of the solutions as we've talked through the, the challenges, but kind of I presume there's not one size fits all solutions for all these things. It must vary depending on program lines, etc. Indeed, yeah, it, it will depend yeah, on the on the size, uh, resourcing, and also appetite of not just the captive but also the the, the corporate uh, policyholders. The solutions are sometimes easy, though not always, and definitely not consistent as hopefully we have articulated today. Uh, what is key is having the right partnerships to ensure the right expertise to help identify the challenge, all the challenges really that exist and building the, the solution appropriate to the, to the situation. We often find ourselves helping guide uh, the local insurers through their reporting obligation and supporting captives uh, uh, with the implementation of the right processes and controls uh, to be able to, uh, to easily identify and report IPT as and when it arises. I would say uh, to conclude, yeah, the beauty of the captive is that it's able to tailor its program to suit the appetite and capabilities of its parent and also to support uh, local insured entities where, uh, 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 where required to ensure that local compliance uh, is, fu is fulfilled. Yeah.